first and foremost, you are not making this too big of a deal. Everything I am reading here is a pretty big deal. The second thing I wanna say is that at a fundamental level, good sex is about mutual consent and mutual pleasure. I am not hearing that there is mutual pleasure here, and that is pretty concerning to me. You're listening to Love and Libido with me, your host, Dr. Emily Jamia. The goal of this podcast is to educate and inspire. My hope is that you will learn tools to create connection and cultivate passion, both within yourself and in your relationships. Here's what's coming up on today's episode. We have two excellent questions to discuss on today's episode. The first comes from a stroke survivor who is feeling frustrated and really sad that her partner is uninterested in sex since her stroke, despite her incredible recovery. I love this question because there are so many great lessons on adaptability that I'm going to be chatting about today. Whether you have a chronic illness or not, adaptability is one of the most important sexual skills, so stay tuned. Then we'll turn our attention to a woman who finds it impossible to reach climax when she has sex with her boyfriend. Listen to hear what's going on and my advice on what she should do. But before we dive in, listen for a quick word from our sponsors. The show couldn't go on without them and we are so thankful. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. My inbox is flooded with DMs on a daily basis with people just like you who want help with their sex and relationship issues. I wish I had time to answer all your questions, but luckily other resources are available. Look, without healthy relationships and a calm mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is help is available. You deserve to be happy, and now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. And as a special offer to Love & Libido listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash Dr. Emily. That's betterhelp.com slash Dr. Emily. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right, let's jump right into our first question. Here it goes. Hi, I have a unique issue in my marriage. I am a stroke survivor. I was completely paralyzed on one side of my body back in 2019. I couldn't walk or talk, but I have almost completely recovered. I can do almost everything, only have some deficit left with one of my hands. But I have one lingering issue in my marriage. My husband and I have not had sex since my stroke. I confronted him and he said that he loves me but does not feel lust for me anymore. I feel very rejected and undesirable because I am already dealing with self-consciousness due to some disability. What should I do to fix this problem? Divorce is not an option because I am completely dependent on my husband and also I love him. I don't know if you will read this message or not, but I'm very upset and frustrated at this point. I don't know what to do. Can you please tell me what should be the option for me? Thank you. Well, I read all of the messages that come through and I first and foremost want to thank you for sharing your story. While 
not everyone listening can relate in the sense that they have suffered with a stroke or, you know, have any lingering disability. I know that there are a lot of people out there who are feeling frustrated because their partner is unwilling for whatever reason, to work with them on getting sex back or improving the sex that they have. And that's what I really want to focus on as I answer your question. We're going to talk also, of course, specifically about what's going on with your situation, but I hope everybody listening stays tuned because there is so much to learn from this very brave woman's submission, and I can't wait to dive right in. So where to begin? I... Think one thing that you need to explore with your husband first is any trauma that he may have experienced over nearly having lost you. That is the first thing that comes to my mind. You say in your email that he says he still loves you and that you still love him, and it can be really terrifying to nearly lose someone who you love due to something like a stroke. And I assume you were in the hospital for a long time, given the fact that you couldn't talk, you couldn't walk. That is a really scary experience to go through, obviously for you, but probably for him as well. And he may not even be aware or able to articulate how this experience may have affected him. Most people who have gone through something like this, you know, from a therapeutic perspective, we treat it as we would anyone who's gone through a significant trauma, not just for the person who it happened to directly, but also anyone who may have experienced perhaps a trauma response through indirect, um, who may have experienced any kind of indirect involvement is the word I'm looking for. So, you know, I wonder if that may be going on for him because if so, what that means is he may still have a lot of fear and anxiety kind of stuck in his body that, you know, he may need to work through with the help of a therapist who's trained to treat those sorts of things. And so I definitely think that, that is something to explore. You know, on that note, really great sex to an extent is about letting go and surrender. And it. I wonder if that concept might feel kind of scary for him. I wonder if there is a part of him who is afraid to be completely vulnerable and let go with you having gone through this experience together. So kind of trauma and fear of letting go is definitely something that is on my radar here. Also thinking about the change in your relationship dynamic when he had to really step up to the plate and become a caretaker for you. You know, I know you say you're dependent on him and I don't know if at this point there is still any kind of physical dependence or if, you know, maybe it's just financial dependence if you're not able to go back to work, but you know, I imagine that any kind of dependence you had prior to experiencing the stroke definitely increased after the fact. And, you know, if he had to really step into that caretaker role, that can have an impact on sex. And not to say that he shouldn't have done it, 
but he may need to, and you guys as a couple may need to think about how you can start in some ways where you find you are able to back out of that caretaker role. You know, it sounds like there was probably a period of time where he had to do everything for you. Again, just as we would expect our partner to do, you know, in sickness or in health, right? Um, But being in that caretaker role when someone is totally dependent on you for a long period of time, unfortunately, does not do much for most people. Of course, there are always beautiful exceptions to the rule, but most people can find that that takes a toll on their desire for sex and intimacy. Um, And there are a lot of reasons why that may be, but, you know, I think for really great sex, you've got two people coming together in a way that feels unified and mutual and if he is used to this dynamic at this point of kind of an imbalance in what he's able to do versus what you're able to do for him, that may be something that you guys need to explore. So what I'm doing at this point is giving you some exploration points that hopefully you and he can talk about because um, I think it can be maybe hard when you haven't had this part of the conversation to really understand what's going on perhaps sexually. And so I would encourage you guys to talk about that. Um, And now that you are more healed, think about what you are able to do to make him feel cared for and to make him feel nurtured. You know, he may feel kind of tapped out or depleted. You know, most people who are in caregiver roles don't often exercise much self-care. And so, you know, it's really important for anyone listening who is in a caretaker role, whether they are taking care of an aging parent or you know, or if they have even a child who has extra needs, that they also carve out time to fill up their own cup and that they talk to other people around them who may be able to help them do that from time to time. I also wonder what physical touch and playfulness have been like since your stroke. Um, You know, I don't know if when you were recovering your mobility or, you know, how bedridden you were, if there was much mutual interaction as it relates to physical touch in a way that isn't nurturing touch, but like affectionate touch. So we have all different kinds of touch. And my guess is there probably was a lot of touch, but it was more of like a nurturing touch. Other kinds of nurturing touch is like getting your hair shampooed or getting a massage. That's all very nurturing touch. But I wonder um, what you guys have maintained as it relates to just general affectionate touch. Sometimes it can feel a little daunting to go from minimal or no touch to full-on sex. And so that's also something to spend some time thinking about. Um, I, I always encourage baby steps. And so if you feel like there hasn't been much cuddling on the couch or kissing when one of you gets home from work or hugging before you go to sleep at night, then I would definitely try to increase those things and see if that helps you segue into more romantic or ultimately erotic touch moving forward. Um, I also think it's really important to remember, and this, you know, I want everybody to hear this, when we take a look at the research on 
what couples do who can maintain really high levels of sexual satisfaction over the course of long-term relationships, we find that they are able to do so despite things like disability or chronic illness. You know, there is probably going to come a point in any one of your relationships where someone does get diagnosed with something that may change the way that you interact in your relationship or sexually. Um, that could be something temporary like a blown ACL and maybe they're you know unable to get into the sex positions that they that you guys used to enjoy together or it could be something a little more longer term, maybe some kind of cancer or multiple sclerosis. I mean, there are just all kinds of things that can happen at any point in the relationship, but also, you know, more likely to happen as we age. And so I think if you can learn these skills now, then you won't fall into this issue that she's describing feeling stuck in in her own relationship. But, you know, again, back to the research. So what do these people do who still get excited about getting it on despite some of these lifelong conditions? And there are a few things. They prioritize sex. And one of the most important things they do is they stay adaptable and flexible in the things that they are able to do. You cannot dig your heels in to one sexual script or kind of way of doing things and expect for that to work forever. Maybe you're one of the lucky ones who finds something that works and and both people enjoy that for the long haul, but that's definitely more the exception than it is the rule. It is so important to maintain a very open mind, a curious mind, and a willingness to adapt and adjust. I have a whole unit on this in my online workshop. I think it's a skill that a lot of people don't talk that much about, but it is one that is so so valuable when it comes to maintaining a great intimate connection for the long haul and through life's many ups and downs. So um, if you haven't checked out my workshop, shameless plug, go check it out. Um, There's a great unit on there on adaptability. But this is something that I think we all need to learn a little bit about. So back to this person's question. Again, if If your husband is not ready to maybe have sex the way that you guys were having it before, and that may not be an option moving forward, baby steps. After you feel like some of that affectionate or romantic touch has gotten to the point that it feels a bit more natural and is an opportunity to connect, maybe you start by doing other things. Perhaps you can try reading erotica together or even watching porn together or just caressing each other or engage in mutual masturbation, which is when, you know, you're both self-pleasuring, but in the presence of one another. So there are a lot of things that you can do to kind of help build the the sexual attention. He, though, has to be willing to take that journey with you. Um, I guess I feel concerned at this point that he feels like he's just totally lost his lust, as you say, for you. And I don't really hear him being willing or expressing a willingness to explore what he needs to do to get that back. And that's a really important conversation that the two of you are going to have to have. Um, You know, there are a lot of reasons why sex is 
an important and healthy part of long-term relationship satisfaction. The two typically go hand in hand. And one question I would ask him is if he thinks he can stay married and never have sex again. And if so, what does that mean? Um, You know, I think if sex was a robust, exciting part of your relationship prior to your stroke, you will always have that to look back on. And that can be a really great thing to kind of draw from as you rediscover each other in this season of your life. Um, I think ultimately it's going to take time and patience to rediscover each other. Expect it to feel kind of awkward or even clumsy as you're doing so. You know, two years is a long time to go without sex and anything that we haven't done in a long time is going to feel awkward. I always tell people just expect that feeling to show up and don't let it stop you from continuing to try. Um, And that's what I would tell him too. Like, hey, if you're not really feeling it the first, second, third time we make these attempts, please don't give up. You are my partner. At the end of the day, we both love and value each other. And you guys got through this stroke together. You had an incredible recovery. And so I think there is no reason to think that you won't be able to reconnect with this part of your relationship as well. I hope that helps and I wish you nothing but the best of luck. And now a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Is emotional and physical intimacy a challenge in your relationship? Do you long for the feeling you had in the honeymoon phase? You're not alone. I've created a tried and true method for reinvigorating your relationship. My private online workshop takes an innovative yet scientifically based approach to teaching you the tools to cultivate passion and create connection that lasts. Visit emilyjamia.com workshop for your free trial. I am so confident that you'll have a positive outcome that I've created a 100% money back guarantee. You really have nothing to lose. And if that's not reason enough, subscribers to my podcast get 50% off. Subscribe to the show and use code half off at checkout. Offer expires at the end of the week. Visit emilyjamia.com slash workshop today. And now back to the episode. Okay, let's dive into our second question today. I have a boyfriend and I am not able to orgasm at all when we have sex. He reaches orgasm anywhere between 1 and 10 minutes, but once he does, it's basically over. He's done. I don't love how it feels when he goes down on me and he always presses too hard when he uses his hand and says his fingers are tired after a couple of minutes. I am not sure what the solution is. He gets his when we're together, but I'm always left wanting more. I've told him what I like, but he still ends up doing what he likes to do or what he thinks I should like. Am I making this more of a big deal than it needs to be, or is there some solution? We've been together for about six months. Okay, I have so much to say about this question. First and foremost, you are not making this too big of a deal. Everything I am reading here is a pretty big deal. The second thing I want to say is that at a fundamental level, good sex is about mutual consent and mutual pleasure. I am not hearing that there is mutual pleasure here, and that is pretty concerning to me. I am hearing that your boyfriend is either dismissive when you express your sexual needs, or maybe he hears you but reverts back to what he quote, thinks you should like. And I really don't love reading that. I think there are a lot of red flags here. 
However, I think if he is willing to learn a little bit, hopefully he's listening today, then I do think this is something that you guys can work out. Sex does not begin with the male erection and it does not have to end with the male orgasm. That is kind of an archaic way of thinking about what, quote, should go down during an ordinary sexual experience between a heterosexual couple. And we as sex therapists are trying to move our clients away from that way of thinking. If the male partner and a heterosexual couple reaches climax first and the female partner still wants to experience orgasm, guess what? The sexual experience is not over. So that's the first thing I want you guys to hear and please share this with him. There may be times when you reach an orgasm first, other times when he reaches an orgasm first. Maybe there are times when you reach orgasm at the same time, although just for anyone listening, that doesn't happen that often, but maybe it will for you. Um, But we really want to try to backpedal from this idea that things happen in a specific order and that sex at all has a beginning, a middle, and an end. So that's the first thing. The other thing I don't love reading here is that Well, I do love reading that you have tried to express your sexual needs. Um, Sexual assertiveness is really important, especially for women, because a lot of women don't do that. So I love that you are telling me, I mean, that you're telling him that he presses too hard or maybe there are different things he could do when he goes down on you. And so the fact that you're speaking up about what you like and attempting to give him feedback, I think says a lot of great things about you. The fact that he is not making the adjustments that you're requesting, I think says a lot of bad things about him. Again, I think he can improve in this department if he is willing to, but he needs to understand and be very clear that you in the long run are probably not going to be very interested in having sex if the sex isn't good quality sex. Um, I'm going to say that again. People are not interested in having sex if the sex itself is not good quality sex. I treat so many couples who are dealing with discrepancy in sexual desire and a lot of what I see is that the sex they're having isn't very good. Um, And if you don't get excited about it, then you're not going to want to do it. And so I do a lot of work with couples and helping them improve the quality of the sex. And what that means is really taking everything you thought you knew and wiping the slate clean and really looking at your partner with a fresh set of eyes and completely open ears so that they can guide you and that you really hear and understand and implement what they like to do, especially when it does not contradict what you like. There is room typically for everybody's pleasure during a sexual experience. And so it is so, so, so important to make sure that you guys are working together as a team and as partners to make sure everyone's needs and everyone's pleasures are getting met when it comes to sex. Now, one thing I will say, I mean, all that being said about him needing to be a more responsive partner who implements the changes that you're requesting, I don't like the language around asking your partner to give you an orgasm. I know that what we, a lot of us want is our partner's involvement in our orgasm. Um, But that's even a better way of saying it because at the end of the day, 
your orgasm is yours to have or not to have. No one can, quote, give it to you. Yes, there are things your partner can do to involve themselves in the process to facilitate that. But at the end of the day, if you want to experience an orgasm and for whatever reason, your partner can't really do much to help you get there, there is no reason why you can't take matters into your own hands. You can always stimulate yourself or when he has an orgasm, ask him to maybe lie with you or caress you in some way to stay involved and connected to you while you self-stimulate until you're able to reach climax. The other benefit of that is that he can maybe see more clearly the way you touch yourself. And maybe he's a visual learner. You know, maybe he really needs to see you touch yourself so that he knows exactly what you're trying to communicate to him. Maybe you just explaining it to him verbally isn't hitting the mark. This is another great opportunity for couples to really learn and understand how their partners like to be touched. So, I hope that helps. Um, Don't love what I'm hearing in this question in terms of his receptivity, but I think where there's a will, there's a way. If he is willing to grow and improve, then hopefully you guys can work this out and have a great sex life over the course of your relationship. Thank you and good luck. Thanks again for listening to Love and Libido with me, your host, Dr. Emily Jamia. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and drop me a five-star review. Share with a friend who might find it interesting. As much as we can learn from experts, nothing makes us feel more connected than hearing from each other. If you have a story that relates to today's episode or just a general question about sex or your relationship, visit loveandlibido.com and I'll share it on an upcoming episode. Be sure to visit my website, emilyjamia.com to see my latest blogs and to check out my online workshop. Subscribers to my podcast can use code HALFOFF. Finally, you can follow me across all the social media channels for daily sex and relationship tips at Dr. Emily Jamia. Thank you so much for tuning in.